Okay. Here we go. I suppose it is. I suppose it is. I don't suppose you can hear the copyrighted music playing in the background, can you? I can, just tastefully in the background. Just tastefully, okay. I'll turn it off in a sec, but I figure, you know, let's get in the mood here. Get the headspace. Yeah, I believe this is recorded. It looks, yeah, I got the record sign on my end, so we should be good. Hopefully it works out. Well, great. We've never done a space before. We're just figuring it out ourselves. Space before. We're just figuring it out ourselves. Um, I figure this can be a time for people to kind of filter in and we, as well as us, as well as us just figure out how to use space and then we'll, we'll, we'll dive into things here pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, how was, how was the drive today? Ethan? It was good. It was good. It was, it was pretty fun. You know, we had a, a surprise guest here in the city, uh, a folk, a little folk filmmaker cameo, that cameo that we were not expecting. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Nathan Cash from RC Films in Yakima made a little pop in. He texted us at like 530 and was like, hey, I'm like on your guys' side of town. You want to get coffee real quick? So we, we scrambled over and right before this and had a little like 45-minute chat and hang out. And then here we are. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty – it was good to see Nate. Yeah. Um, it was pretty sudden and it was – a on my end at least, I don't know about for you, Ethan. It was a mad dash and scramble of figuring out – I, I thought I was free, and it turned out I wasn't free. And then my, I, I thought I was free, and it turned out I wasn't free. And then it turns out I was, and it was back and forth. And just just in the nick of the time, we uh, we made it back here in order to do this live space here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think now is just a good time to get started. I think, um, you know, we're recording this for, you know, people to – listen back to later on i think we're going to try to make this an episode of our podcast yeah here that's the plan and and so we'll just get started um you know just you and me like any other podcast just two boys Uh, just two boys just two boys i see we have a couple of, of listeners uh so thank you for tuning in um we will have because we're oh yeah go ahead oh yeah i was gonna say we're we're We've never done live stuff. We're not sure how it works, but we've noticed whenever we've jumped into live things, we get we're we're we've never done live stuff. We're not sure how it works, but we've noticed whenever we've jumped into live things, we get very lost and confused very easily. <laughs> so, so what we're what we're gonna do? Because again, this is an episode of the podcast. I'm not sure if uh, it'd be good to have just us going crazy over for an hour or so. Would be great for people. I mean, maybe some people do it, but. Yeah, we figure, you know, this is in celebration of our feature film, Video Carnage, which was released a year ago from tomorrow. And we thought it'd be fun to sit down, talk about, you know, maybe a little bit how it was made, how we feel about it now, what's come from what's come of it, what you can learn from it, answer some questions. And then at the end, probably, you know, whether I don't know how long all that will be, whether it be the last 30 minutes or the last 10 minutes or whatever, uh, we'll 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 have some view some listeners uh come in and we'll just chat and we'll just talk um after we uh i guess get uh, get everything off our chests does that yeah. sound right to you Ethan that's the plan okay okay uh well do you when was the first time you remember video carnage like what do you remember where you first were when i brought the idea up to you or 
the premise or anything like that? I have to assume video carnage. Like what, but do you remember where you first were when I brought the idea up to you or the premise or anything like that? I have to assume it was always, uh, you know, the way it always starts, which is us, you know, in your room, me on the couch. And you probably were uh -huh. like, I had an idea. Um, I don't remember the specifics of when you first brought up video carnage. Um, probably my biggest memory is some of the earlier drafts um, of the story. And then mm -hmm. um, like the discussions we'd have meeting up with May um, and kind of how those would always go. And then biggest memory being that last meeting where May had read through the script and we made the decision to rapidly um, rewrite the movie before like a week mm -hmm. before we started filming. And it was like a full ground up rewrite. So yeah, yeah, th that's kind of the big moment that sticks out to me. Um, I don't remember the specifics of when I first heard about it, but do you remember when you first came up with the idea? Well, before I answer that, because you just remind <laughs> me, May unfortunately could not be here tonight. I believe yeah. they're on, I think they're on a trip or there was a uh, work thing that came up. Yeah. So May is not able to be here. We'll get them back on the podcast. May's gonna, we're going to be working with May for a, a while. So any hardcore May fans out there, uh, we are just as disappointed as you that they're not able to make it. But don't worry, May, May will turn with Doom Productions. Yeah. Actually, for sure, this year, there's a film that we shot with them mm -hmm. uh, that's going to be released later this year. Um, but there'll be more projects than just that one. Um, anyways. The, the idea of Video Carnage came about because, you know, if, you, and if you've seen all of our behind the scenes, we're going to try not to, you know, duplicate, repeat any information that's already been out there. But briefly, the way Video Carnage came about, the whole idea was that back when 2020, Ethan and I weren't working full time. We're doing weird, weird, odd jobs here and there. And one of those odd jobs was converting VHS tapes to digital for folk, yeah. which is actually pretty lucrative for the first couple months. And then after the, that initial pool of our friends and family and friends of friends of family and all that kind of dried up. We, uh, yeah, the lake, you know, went dry anyways. Uh, but in, while we were converting tapes, I remember converting someone's like security footage that they had. Cause I yeah. think they're a, a, a psychologist or a therapist. Yeah. I remember that. And I, it was security footage of their office, just, you know, in the corner of the room, kind of a fisheye, kind of not a fisheye, really wide lens. You can see the whole room. And it was just like that for 10 hours, you know, of the tapes. Why she this converted, I can't really remember. I think it was kind of because she didn't label all the tapes necessarily. Yeah, it was just in uh, there. Yeah. And during the converting these tapes, so I, while we do this, we have to pretty much sit right next to the, the tape. We have to be at least in the same room to be aware of if something goes wrong. Because then otherwise... You press the record button. You walk away. Hey, she this converted converted. I can't really remember. I think it was kind of because she didn't label all the tapes necessarily. Yeah, it was just in uh, there. Yeah. And during the converting these tapes, so I, while we do this, we have to pretty much sit right next to the the tape. We have to be at least in the same room to be aware of if something goes wrong. Because then otherwise, you press the record button. You walk away. Ten hours, you come back and you realize after the first hour something went wrong and nine hours was just wasted. So you pretty much have to be in there by the tape all the time. And so while I was in my room, as the tapes are going, it's very monotonous, very kind of can be pretty boring. Um, 
I was just kind of looking at the footage. I didn't often look at the footage, but I just kind of glanced over and was just kind of watching a little bit. And I saw, you know, just a session or something. You can't hear any audio, but it was the the woman talking to her, her client. And um, I was like, man, this would be a really perfect moment in a horror movie or a, or a thriller for like something terrifying to happen. For uh, someone who's converting tapes to see something just wild on camera, on tape. <clears throat> and thus came the idea for video carnage was just from converting tapes like our main character mike um very much inspired from real life yeah inspired by real life there was a couple of different i mean we tossed kicked around the premises around quite a bit Mm -hmm. um and as you said the script was rewritten um pretty drastically before we started shooting and you know i guess the rest is the rest is history i suppose (laughs) um it was it was a it was a you know when I look back and think about video carnage, I think of how much fun it was in retrospect. <clears throat> like at the time, I remember it being very drawn out and taking forever, and just being burnt out for a lot of it. Yeah. But looking back, I was like, now I'm thinking about that time and just feeling like, oh my goodness, what a wonderful time. Um, a lot of free time, totally pandemic kind of not, it wasn't 2020 when we shot, but it felt very 2020 just to have a lot to do, not be very busy. The real commitment was to just making movie, this movie essentially and dedicating to that full time uh, for the most part, which was totally new Uh, to us as adults, like outside of high school or college. In a weird way, the pandemic, which is kind of horrible to say with all the things that have come along with it and all the tragedies and whatnot, but in a, in a weird way, making movie this movie essentially and dedicating to that full time uh for the most part which was totally new Um, to us as adults like outside of high school or college in a weird way the pandemic which is kind of horrible to say with all the things that have come along with it and all the tragedies and whatnot but in a in a weird way maybe morbid um it allowed us to live a life that it was a dream almost (laughs) was almost a dream which is again that sounds awful to say but yeah it's true as an artist we had because I was working out of school for, in the, uh, for the pandemic and schools went into lockdown. And in that first initial period of that lockdown, I was getting paid to just sit home and call students for maybe a couple hours a week, not even a couple hours, maybe like an hour of my time a week for calling students, another 30 minutes of my time for communicating with staff members. But other than that, I was just home and getting paid to do that. Mm-hmm. And I will never have a... <laughs> job as I as will never happen again never happen again which is uh and and so if you're an artist if you create things that's such a great time to just stay busy and make stuff and video carnage felt very born out of that kind of time period mm-hmm. so yeah so when I look back at it now I think of oh this what a what a one so much we had and what a I'm glad we made of it I think well especially because at that period um pre-covid like we were supposed to make a totally different feature film. And then the day we were supposed to shoot, uh, like mm-hmm. I was going to drive down to you is when lockdown hit. So, um, yeah. and then that kind of fed into, you know, we made October, we made house. So it was kind of like, I don't know. Those, if those were the warm up, it felt like this, we were hitting full stride. Like we were do. it was our best foot forward. It was, um, yeah. I mean, again, it was like this really special time for, for us as filmmakers where it, it was like nothing we'd ever 
felt, I feel like before we were making a movie, because there was no distractions, there was no work conflicts, there was no um, anything. It was just lived and breathed video carnage um, yeah. for like two full months, three full months. And that was, yeah, yeah just a wild, wild thing to, to do. And it, it was, it came about, and like you said, I think that's a perfect way to put it, it, is it felt like we were warming up with Oh Brother and House in October. Those were kind of like us discovering, um, really come, becoming more and more comfortable with the making a feature. Because prior yeah. to that, we'd only been doing shorts for the most part. Yeah. And so Video Carnage felt like, okay, we took 2020, we've learned about making a movie, a feature-length movie, let's do it again. And this time, let's apply what we've learned to this project. And that's really how a lot of our projects, I mean, I think, I don't know if anyone else can relate to this, but I feel like every, uh, you know, if you have a solid filmography or a, a body of work, it's definitely, a, you, there are projects that you'll do that feel like uh, monumental projects or uh, punctuations, for lack of a better word, uh, projects where it feels like everything prior has been culminating to that. And Video Carnage felt like one of those, I think. Would you agree? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll consider Video Carnage to be a, a pillar in the Doom Productions, like, filmography, for sure. Um, yeah. Whether or not people agree if it's the best or, or not, like, for us, like, in terms of, like, the practical filmmaking and, mm -hmm. like, cementing a skill, like, it definitely felt like one of those, like, yeah, we, we had a confidence going into that one that I think carries through. Yeah. But, yeah, I totally agree. And and so I just look back at that that time and that period and, and the, the movie. I mean, we'd never done that much promotion for a movie. We never built up a release for a movie that much or promoted it so heavily afterwards. We still haven't. And no. it talked about about that and how valuable it is to promote your, your work afterwards and have it scheduled out and do a full-fledged marketing campaign almost to felt. Cause I it's was still our, our golden it's our golden standard still. We talk about it all the time. Oh, and yeah. And, it's and, how we always want to do it. And when the rings comes out, you know that's we're gonna take a lot of cues from that. Yeah. Uh, but such a such such a fun period. I will. Um, I remember the period of that time, or that time um, period, very very fondly. A lot of great memories were made, and I mean, just being with May, being with Travis, meeting Bellamy, working on that project. I mean, it was just so much fun. And yeah, it it felt like a callback to like our earlier days of like. I don't know. It, it lives in my heart in the same place that like we were shooting Righteous Ombres, like how fun that was or any of like our Mr. Fiddle movies from mm -hmm. way back when, like those are like some of my favorite things we've shot. Cause it was a lot of fun just being on set with the crew. And I mean, it was yeah. a lot of the same people, but even with, you know, Bellamy being a new cast member and the mm -hmm. day we got to shoot with her was a lot of fun. It, it just felt yeah. like everything was just a blast. Yeah. Like a really great time. Yeah. <laughs> of course, in retrospect, because of course, in retrospect, we, we were totally burnt out. Uh, well, 100%. at least I was. I think I think you probably less so than I because yes, that's how you know the director usually shoulders mo most of the burden on any project. So for the bell rings, you had it way harder than I did, mm -hmm. uh, and 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 vice versa for Video Carnage or any other project we work on, depending on who's the director. Yeah. But when was the last time you saw Video Carnage? Do you remember? So I watched the commentary today, but the last time I actually sat down and watched Video Carnage was when we did the live premiere at your aunt's house. So the house that mm -hmm. Video Carnage was actually filmed in. I don't remember yeah. when we did that. Was that during the summer of last year? That was during the summer. It was in July at some point, maybe the second yeah. Friday or Saturday of July, something like that. Yeah. So that would have been the last time I saw it. 
Did we record the commentary prior to that, or was that yeah, afterwards? Yeah, it was prior. Okay. I think the last time I really sat down and watched it was that commentary, because when we did the premiere, I was so over the movie. I had seen it a bajillion times, and there's a period when, um, I mean, you know you the movie like the back of your hand, and all you can see is its glaring flaws and things you wish you'd done differently. And by that point, you know, it's like, um, you know, you're i mean there was a lot of people at that at that screening too like maybe it was a packed house it was packed like i 20 to 40 people does that sound yeah. accurate like yeah, it was like a 30, lot of 35 people. yeah something around there and so we're watching it with all the people and i'm just like all i could see is all the mistakes and i'm feeling it and a lot of them loved it a lot of the i i mean even if they hated it they weren't going to tell me because i'm right there in the room and that's that's an awkward you know that's always just as worse i you know i'd almost rather have people go oh my goodness that sucked rather than 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 them just politely saying, yeah, that was good. That was, uh, it was good. Yeah. Good job or whatever. Fronting. Um, yeah. And uh, that never happened. You know, if anybody was feeling like that, they did, they did a great job at masking it. But, you know, I was just so self-conscious of the movie and I was just like, Oh my gosh, I wish, uh, yeah, I wish I had done a lot differently. And so I, the, I haven't seen it in a long time. I was going to watch it in preparation for today, but just with how the day planned out, it just didn't work out. But yeah. I will say that, uh, watching it i remember watching it with the because we did our commentary i don't know if any, anybody mm-hmm. remembers this or is aware of this our commentary for video carnage is not just a commentary track our commentary is a single shot of ethan and i sitting down in front of a v8 a vcr tv combo mm-hmm. putting in the real vhs tape of video carnage in full and it's the movie in vhs but ethan and i are kind of like on either side of the frame Sort of similar to Mr. And uh, that never happened. You know, if anybody was feeling like that, they did, they did a great job at masking it. But, you know, I was just so self-conscious of the movie and I was just like, Oh my gosh, I wish, uh, yeah, I wish I had done a lot differently. And so I, the, I haven't seen it in a long time. I was going to watch it in preparation for today, but just with how the day planned out, it just didn't work out. But yeah. I will say that, uh, watching it, I remember watching it with the, because we did our commentary. I don't know if any, anybody mm-hmm. remembers this or is aware of this. Our commentary for Video Carnage is not just a commentary track. Our commentary is a single shot of Ethan and I sitting down in front of a V8, a VCR TV combo, mm-hmm. putting in the real VHS tape of Video Carnage in full. And it's the movie in VHS. But Ethan and I are kind of like on either side of the frame, sort of similar to Mystery Science Theater. 3000 kind of but mm-hmm. it's not that exact thing but if you want to see the movie in vhs form uh it's there on our channel in the commentary which i actually think that's the definitive i think that's probably the best way to watch the movie in a it's weird good. way it yeah. fixes a lot of my audio issues i think which i was never audio wise i was never happy with the movie audio wise um and you just adding that vhs kind of grain and filter it it really kind of makes all the mistakes feel intentional in a weird way, it covers up a lot of the those mistakes too. Makes it feel everything kind of feel cohesive and intentional. But um, yeah, at some point, I got to get on uploading like a a file of just like uh, what I need to do is I need to take the VHS of Video Carnage, digitize that file, and then upload that file onto our channel <laughs> so people can experience Video Carnage as it was meant to be. And then it's folks can so like funny. they can download it and put it on their own VHS tapes, and, and yeah. it, it's just a never-ending circle. The back and forth from VHS to digital to VHS to digital, it's gone. That movie has gone through is just incredible. It, it really like, is. 
because we shot like nothing all the vhs footage that you see in that movie is real vhs footage like we don't mm -hmm. we didn't do any like digital filtering so it's like we would film it on a handy cam and then we would Im like digitize it import it and then we'd be sometimes refilming it again and it's it's, it's a whole cycle so it just oh, yeah. never ends <laughs> yeah beautiful it's how we prefer it we're we're huge fans of vhs um if, Who if you couldn't tell from our movie yeah i know Who isn't? Uh, <laughs> superior format for watching a movie but yeah. uh in all honesty uh it that kind of retro technology we we love it and video carnage in a weird way is kind of like a love letter but also like uh i guess uh tribute to to vhs tapes and vcrs and converting and all that thing and i guess before we kind of move on to some some questions that were sent in i i want to i guess really quick again try not to repeat ourselves or make this uninteresting or boring what do you th i guess ethan what do you mm -hmm. think from the overall experience whether it be the movie yeah. itself or the everything around the movie what do you think went well what do you think we could have done better and yeah. what can people learn from video carnage yeah um i think what went really well was just the level of planning and scheduling that went into it and not to say that every day went as planned a lot of days didn't go as planned for a number of reasons um but just we had the schedule set up in a way where even if like a very real case was sometimes like may had something come up and so we had an actor that couldn't make it to set so we'd have to then replan our day but the way we had our scheduling like on a spreadsheet was it made it very easy for us to be like okay we can't do these scenes what scenes can take their place and it made it so that we didn't really lose a lot of filming days um and have to just totally cut them and take a loss it became a okay we can't do this what can we do and so most of our days were still very productive um mm -hmm. so that was great ever really we didn't lose momentum a whole lot um it was always kind of just a, a change i mean obviously my view of that is different from yours again because you're the one having to actually jumble the schedule and make sure everything works and <laughs> as a director that's never the easy part um yeah so I know that I have the privilege of saying that's the something that went well when you might feel differently, but, um, <laughs> but I'll, I'll let you explain that if, if you feel that way. Um, something we could have done better. Oh man, that's a good question. I, again, it's been a year, so it's, I'm trying to think back on, on cause now it's kind of rose tinted lenses a little bit. Um, well, I will, even though I know, Oh, you I will, I will say what could have done better. I've never, I was never, ever had, well, two things. The script was never, I think I should have taken more time on the script. There's story-wise, there's, kind of yeah. there's some things that I'm, I'm really not happy with. And at the time, we felt this kind of sense of pressure of like, we got to shoot this quickly, which is mm -hmm. how you grow is shoot a bunch of stuff as quick as you can. Kind of like what Dan's doing with his 12 features. I mean, Dan, by the end of his 12 features project, he's going to be not that he, he's not like, I'm not saying like he's a bad filmmaker. He's a great filmmaker, but he's going to be so much better at the end of that 12 features project, because whenever you want to improve or grow at anything, you yeah. got to do it over and over again. And so in a way, video carnage was kind of like that at the time we'd been just in the habit of shooting things as quick as possible and as fast as possible. And I really wanted to shoot it quickly. And so because of that, um, the script was kind of, it, it, I was, I think the script got to a solid, maybe third draft or so, but it should mm -hmm. have gone for a couple of more drafts. I really should have, uh, hammered some things out more i'm not entirely happy with everything in this in, in certain sections of the movie which i mean it might work for you but certain stuff doesn't work for me 
Yeah. Um, and so more time on the script is something that I would have would have done differently as well as the audio going into yeah. it. Um, and there was a question I was sent in about this, so I won't go over it too much. But I will say I because of uh, filming the movie, um, I had planned to dub the movie. And I wanted to have a month long of editing it so I could really have fun and mess around with the sound design of the movie, which is something I really loved doing. I was looking forward to it. But by the end of shooting, I was so burnt out. I just didn't have the energy and stamina to spend another month editing the sound. And so instead, what I did was I cobbled together the sound and the dubbing for the movie in about a week or so and just, you know, call it. Because in my opinion, if you have no juice left in the tank, it's better just to finish it again finish it quick get it over rip off that band-aid and then move on to that next thing take what you learned and apply it to the next thing so going forward what i would have done because i was very adamant that we were going to dub the movie from the very beginning and so we didn't have any microphones on set right yeah so no, we had if I, even if i was planning to dub a movie in the future always record scratch audio even mm-hmm. if it's on just a zoom recorder or separate, or something that's just not your ca- your camera, on-camera mic, because your on-camera mic is uh, not the best recording device for getting good, clean audio. Uh, so that's one difference I would have made. That's something that uh, I plan to do going forward in the future. Just if you plan to dub a movie, make sure that yeah. you record good, clean scratch audio, because that would have really come in handy when I was burnt out. Because then I could have been like, well, I don't have to dub the whole movie. I can just uh, use the scratch audio instead. And, you know, but uh, anyways... We learned from that, um, and now we, we, we're better filmmakers because of what, um, what's something people can learn from Video Carnage? Man. Again, Don't the make... movie itself, the, every, our experiences around it, production, what's something people can learn? Well, I mean, I think it's um, a good example of we had kind of taken these movies that we made before it as warmups again, but like going for that bigger idea. Um, I don't know, like, I don't know. You know, maybe that's not such a great one. Um, I'm trying to think. Some of it's stuff that's like, stuff that's coming to mind right now is very like us specific. I'm trying to be a bit more, take a step back. Yeah. Um, looking at it, but. While you yeah. think, I, w- I will say that the promotion is a huge thing. I, yeah. I know I've said this before, but I'll say it again. If you releasing your your film online for free, whether it be YouTube, Vimeo, wherever, um, do not do a huge marketing campaign prior to the movie. Because when people are browsing TikTok or Twitter or Instagram or YouTube and they see a preview for something that looks awesome and they want to see it, they want to see it then and now. They want to know where to find it. They want to be able to watch it immediately. And if it says, you know, coming out in a month, coming out in a couple of weeks, coming out soon even – it's not going to, they're not going to remember it. And so what they need, when you really want to do that big push for marketing your film or anything like that, uh, make sure you do it after it's out. So when you can spread the word, people can click on your trailer, your ad, whatever, and then they can just go watch the movie. And then they, they can save it to their queue. They can be aware of it. They know it exists for some reason that that helps people if it's already there. Because when you think about marketing your, your project prior to its release, that's a very theatrical mm-hmm. uh, marketing kind of thing. But we're not you know, limited by the theatrical window because we have no theatrical window. We're doing it all online for free. And it's going to stay online for free for as long as you know, YouTube allows it, which is probably going to be for a very, very, very long time. So 
I would say, uh, please, if you're a filmmaker out there, uh, and, and it's, and it's being released online for free, push your marketing, do that big push after it's released. Yeah. I'm not saying don't do any marketing prior to it. Obviously we've done that. And the, the way we look at it is that our trailers that drop on Monday are really just for our fans who really care, really want to be in the know about, you know, we're making what we're doing, but for general audiences, for people who don't know who we are, people who, um, you know, who aren't regular fans or followers of ours, we make a big, big push to get those people hooked after the movie's out. So it's easy for them to see at a moment of their choosing. Cause otherwise someone might be like, Oh, that movie looks good. And then forget about it a month later when the movie comes out. So I think that's yeah. something people could learn. Yeah. From it. Yeah. And thinking, um, I think I found my, my thing people could learn. And I think it's something that we're starting to finally like embrace more. Um, not that there's a right or a wrong in this. Um, Cause we've done, done this both ways now, but uh, taking your time with shooting kind of like how you were saying, like we, mm-hmm. we'd come off several movies that were shot in a very short amount of time. Um, like some, like we're famously air quotes. Uh, we shot October and edited October in 15 days. Um, oh yeah. And not, there's anything wrong with that. We look back. I would say, uh, please, if you're a filmmaker out there, uh, and, and it's, and it's being released online for free, push your marketing, do that big push after it's released. Yeah. I'm not saying don't do any marketing prior to it. Obviously we've done that. And the, the way we look at it is that our trailers that drop on Monday are really just for our fans who really care, really want to be in the know about, you know, we're making what we're doing, but for general audiences, for people who don't know who we are, people who, um, you know, who aren't regular fans or followers of ours, we make a big, big push to get those people hooked after the movie's out. So it's easy for them to see at a moment of their choosing. Cause otherwise someone might be like, Oh, that movie looks good. And then forget about it a month later when the movie comes out. So I think that's yeah. something people could learn. From yeah. It. Yeah. And thinking, um, I think I found my, my thing people could learn. And I think it's something that we're starting to finally like embrace more. Um, not that there's a right or a wrong in this, um, we've done done this both ways now but uh taking your time with shooting kind of like how you were saying like we Mm -hmm. we'd come off several movies that were shot in a very short amount of time um like some like we're famously air quotes uh we shot october and edited october in 15 days Um, oh yeah and not there's anything wrong with that we look back at that as like a huge accomplishment we joke about it all the time about how much we want to do it again um yeah but i think we're kind of entering a phase now where we're seeing the value in taking a longer time to shoot a movie and work on it and give it uh, more, more time, more, um, more sustained energy. So, Mm -hmm. and letting kind of letting yourself make adjustments and changes through the fact that you have more time. Um, and that probably would have let you iron out some of those things that you weren't as happy with, uh, story wise, technically all that, um, letting yourself make adjustments and changes through the fact that you have more time. Um, and that probably would have let you iron out some of those things that you weren't as happy with, uh, story wise, technically all that. Um, yeah, I think knowing when at least is an appropriate pro to take your time on and when, when is it a project that you, uh, it's okay to shoot fast. Like we know yeah. wild boys are always going to be shot pretty quick, but then there's going to be like Ladonza, the bell rings. And those are the ones that we know, like, it's okay if it's not out a month after it was shot. Yeah. The, yeah. there are times to shoot really quickly and fast and there's times to take your time. And, and I, I consider like video carnage. That's like a film where um, that's definitely a film that I, 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 I rushed through it. I well, not even rushed, but I, I really wanted to get through it quickly. Mm-hmm. And so 
coming off of that and, and two little ghosts even from last year, Ladon's is completely opposite. It's, you know, I'm looking at actually the organizing sheet right now and I have a big Mount Everest of, of footage I got to grab in. I'm not rushing myself because I know we, I got all the time in the world. It, I'm going to make it a fun time. It's going to be a relaxed time. It's going to be, it's going to be really fun. And, uh, and I'm going to be, and I feel proud of being able to, you know, know that by taking my time, I can make it the best it could possibly be. And that's just, mm-hmm. and it's also just so much, feels so much less stressful when you're not on a time crunch. Um, and in a way it leaves room for other things because I wouldn't necessarily have time to shoot wild ways making video carnage, but shooting Ladonza where there's a month in between sheen days. Oh yeah. I got lots of time to work on lots of other projects. So super duper fun. Um, anything else on video carnage you want to say before we answer some questions that were sent in? I was just hit the questions. Okay, let's do it. Yeah. So this one comes from Charlie Rogers. It's kind of a paragraph here. Lots of decipher questions within so, questions, questions within questions. You've discussed at length how the decision for wall-to-wall ADR here was very much one born of technical limitation. But do you also see it in a dubbing tradition related to, say, Fellini? If so, do you feel like your choice to include a pair of massive pop songs throughout the movie was related to this sort of experimentation with diegetics? Do you feel like this combines well with the VHS aesthetics to almost every feel you're in the middle of a hyperfluid editing bay as you watch? End of question. Now, with most things that Charlie writes in, uh, takes me a minute to understand <laughs> what There's she good, writes. Lots of context. Lots of content, but I always feel like I'm in film school again, uh, talking with Charlie. So, <laughs> but it's good to keep us keep us yeah. on our toes. So that first part, you've discussed at length how the decision for a wall-to-wall ADR here was very much born of technical limitation, which is true and not true. Um, I would say it's true. That it's technical limitation because because of the mics that we own, uh, getting that clean, crisp sound on set for our for our, or on location, I should say, for no budget filmmakers, that's a very difficult thing to do. I like mm-hmm. movies to sound clean. I like good quality audio, right? But yeah. our mics aren't up to par. So, the solution to that is to dub your movie to give it that clean sound, and that's something I've done in movies before. So. And through that technical limitation of forcing me to dub my movies before and forcing me to get creative with that stuff, I've kind of fallen in love with the art of dubbing movies. So my obsession or my, my love of dubbed movies and dubbing tradition does come from technical limitation. But in the case of Video Carnage, I think it is more related to someone like Fellini or Italian neorealism or any of that kind of stuff. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. So that's the first part of her question. Second part is, uh, do you feel like your choice to a pair of massive pop songs throughout the movie was related to this sort of experimentation with diegetics? Um, No, I think the choice for the pop songs was more, it came more from the content and the the story of of the video carnage, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, Excuse me. I've talked about how for Lord in the Royal song and wanted a song in the very opening of the movie that kind of in a weird way was like an anthem for people our age, because yeah. in a weird way, a lot of the problems that Mike and Sam go through there, they are things that a lot of people, our generation can totally relate to. And so I kind of wanted to almost unite people and be like, this is like, 
this is a song we all like, song that we all love, and would kind of unite people. Not unite, that sounds kind of overly sentimental or cheesy, but we kind of, mm. you know what I mean? Like a song that everybody our age kind of is hooked on and we like, and we kind of remember and almost feel nostalgic for because it kind of, it puts us in that time and space and everybody feels differently about the song, but I think most people our age are aware of it and remember it and have have feelings about it one way or the other now that's not to say everybody loves it i know there's people who don't like lord but i'm generalizing here like if you start playing um bohemian rhapsody right if you sing the opening lines of that in public there's lots of people will just start singing it along with you and that there's lots of songs that come around every you know generation to do that that will hook people and everybody kind of remembers so that's kind of why i chose lord but also it had to fit the mood of the movie it also the song also had to fit the themes and the content of the movie as well and i felt like royals just you know checked all those boxes um maybe there's another one that would fit better but that's just for me what fit really well sale was kind of a similar thing um sale out because i had heard that covers version of sale years and years whenever that artist released it and i was like man this this sounds like a great trailer song and so in a weird way, I had this trailer stuck in my head for years and years and years for like six, eight years. And I was like, oh, one day I'll make a movie and I'll use I'll use that song as a trailer. And Video Carnage just happened to be that movie. And Royals actually or not Royals, Sale was not in the movie at first. I don't know if you remember this, Ethan, that scene mm-hmm. when yeah. Sam puts on goes Nancy fucking Drew and puts on their cap and like goes and is, you know, that was a score mm-hmm. that was yeah. right there. And it's it not, worked fine. Oh, yeah, it's on the soundtrack for the movie. Yeah, you if you can go to our YouTube channel. It. Yeah, you can listen to it. It's the track called Nancy F. and Drew. Um, <laughs> that was in the movie there. Um, but I think it was a pretty late change because after the movie trailer, well, it was coming up to the release, maybe a week or two out away from the movie being released. I was like, you know what? Let me see how this feels if I drop that song in. And for whatever reason, um, it just hit differently and it hit better with that song in it. So I decided to keep it. So sale wasn't originally in the movie, but it was in there because it was in the trailer. And I thought, what would happen if I put it in the trailer? And so that's why it's in the movie. Um, and then Dua Lipa, that song was in there. That was a case where I wanted something like levitating to go in the movie. So I recreated it in garage band and then it didn't sound as good. And I was like, you know, I'll just use levitating. And that's really the only diegetic song that's in the movie. All the other pop songs are non-diegetic. Um, but I just needed something that felt really happy. And I think levitating came out that year or maybe the year prior. I can't remember exactly, it but it, it was a new song at the time. And I was like, you know what? That song just makes me feel happy. And so <laughs> that's how Mike needed to feel at that moment. So I put that in. Uh, and, and so, bad guy. Ba- oh, bad guy. Oh my gosh. I totally forgot about bad guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not gonna, <laughs> There's a lot of context for why that song is in the movie. All I we were inspired. Bad guy was an option. That, in terms of the possible songs to appear on the movie, that was one of them for for a long yeah. time. And after the RC film boys visited us and they showed us a video they'd made with the song "Bad Guy" in it. And after seeing their video, I was kind of inspired, and I thought, you know what? I know I I decided not to put bad guy in, but. Let's just put it in. Let's just see what happens. Let me try to make another, you know, pass at this. And, um, you know, it worked great. I think it's a really funny part of the movie. It's a standout um, moment. Just, a lot of people really like. Yeah, I love it. Um, I almost thank you for bringing that up. I almost forgot. Um, 
And then the last part of Charlie's question is, do you feel like this combines well with the VHS aesthetic to, to almost feel like you're in the middle of a hyperfluid editing bay as you watch? Um, I'm going to be completely honest. I don't know. We were inspired. Is, bad guy was an option. That, in terms of the possible songs to, songs to appear on the movie, that was one of them for, for a long yeah. time. And after the RC film boys visit us and they showed us a video they'd made with the song bad guy in it. And after seeing their video, I was kind of inspired and I thought, you know what? I know I, I decided not to put bad guy in, but let's just put it in. Let's just see what happens. Let me try to make another, you know, pass at this. And, um, you know, it worked great. I think it's a really funny part of the movie. It's a standout um, moment. Just, a lot of people really like, yeah, I love it. Um, I almost thank you for bringing that up. I almost forgot. Um, and then the last part of Charlie's question is, do you feel like this combines well with the VHS aesthetic to, to almost feel like you're in the middle of a hyperfluid editing bay as you watch? Um, I'm going to be completely honest. I don't understand that part of the question. I think I'm going to be completely honest. I don't understand that part of the question. I think I like half understand it. I think it's an I interesting half understand idea, it. but I want to answer it, but I don't fully understand. It. Do you feel like this combines well with the VHS aesthetic to almost feel like you're in? So the the play with the music, yeah. and the sound does that combine well with the VHS aesthetics to make it feel like you're in a editing bay as you watch? I kind of get to it. Be... It's like it's VHS, like because you're. I mean, I almost see this like because we're watching your character interacting mm -hmm. with a video medium yeah. by digitizing tapes and watching tapes. That's kind of like with all these extra diagenic sounds and music and stuff happening. It's like, you're kind of pulled into this create with all these extra diagenic sounds and music and stuff happening. It's like, you're kind of pulled into this create creation of video. That's kind of how I'm taking it. Um, and it's like, you're, you're kind of a part of it, but I don't think that's ever, I don't know if that connects fully I can see where, I can see where Charlie's coming with it. I don't know if it fits video carnage. Again, like, I, I again, I intentional or or not, or like if that's the reaction Charlie gets, I, I think that's great. I don't know if that's or something you intended. I, 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 again, I, I'm not sure I understand the question to fully answer it, but the question, as I understand it now, I'll give a brief no <laughs> as my answer. But, um, you know, with, uh, I, it sounds like an interesting question that I would love to answer if I had more details. So I guess the next time I'm talking with Charlie, I'll, I'll ask her, pop the question. Yeah. Uh, talking with Charlie, I'll, I'll ask her, pop the question. Yeah. Uh, so then our next questions come from Jennifer, uh, which She's is listening a, right now. <laughs> listen to hello, Jennifer. Thanks for sending. We'll, we'll pretty soon. And then I, and if, if you jumped in late, uh, after we answer these questions that uh, after we answer these questions that were submitted, we are going to open the floor up to people to pop in and and talk and ask questions. So just stick around. We're going to answer Jennifer's questions, and then we'll open the the floor to people to to chat and whatnot. Um, so, first question: What keeps you two motivated to make films, Ethan? I just think I would go insane if I didn't make movies. <laughs> Like, I was thinking about this, like, if I was, like, told, like, if I had to pick a full-time job 
and there was like no time to like plan a movie how we do it right now or even how we did it back you know a year ago or whatever with um with like video carnage um where we had tons mm -hmm. of time it was like a full-time job uh, if my life wasn't like that or you know working at 40 hours a week 80 hours whatever and i had no time possibly at all to make a movie i feel like i would still steal one shot a day and like just a slow route and slowly assemble mm -hmm. a movie like it's like it's beyond like hobby like i i, I think in movies now so like yeah. the motivation comes out of the like it's it's my soul language at this point like people some artists they get their thoughts out through painting some do it through writing i get my thoughts out through filmmaking my mom my, my mom was actually sharing this with my fiance um last week because she was over for dinner my mom was i work with kids so my mom um was sharing a story about like when i was really young um, in elementary school and i was struggling in school and i was like telling how i said like i don't know how to get my ideas out or something like that like i was like having such a hard time like getting my ideas out of my head and i couldn't figure out the way to do it but once i found filmmaking that was when it like clicked for me like through through cameras first it was through photography and then it moved on into filmmaking like that's where it's like my ideas can finally like get out of my head in a way that like satisfies me so filmmaking is is mm -hmm. a language for me that i just i it's like would i ever quit speaking i don't like no i, I have to do it <laughs> yeah that's a very I, 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 answer, I, I, but I agree, but I would I would say, what I, the way I would put it is, you know, yeah. I've tried to not make movies. It's like, would I ever quit speaking? I don't, like, no, I, I have to do it. <laughs> yeah. That's a very I, 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 answer, I, but... I, I agree, but I would I would say, what I, the way I would put it is, you know, I've yeah. tried to not make movies, like to take a break, and I just can't. It's a compulsion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just simply put, it is a compulsion. I... Mm -hmm. I can't explain it, but it's not my choice. You yeah. know, <laughs> not my choice. We were put Something on the earth for this reason. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I suppose. Uh, yeah. Next question. I suppose. Uh, yeah. Next question from Jennifer. What are your guys' views on how film how film affects society? Oh man, Jennifer dropping all the bombs today. How do films affect society? And, and there are a lot of <laughs> questions here. So just so just so we can just a little brief span once we, we gra get Jennifer in here. But are these on um, uh, gra get Jennifer in here? But are these on um, uh, are these on YouTube? Did she comment these on YouTube? Yep. Okay. Yep. They're all. I think YouTube. I skimmed this briefly. But I, I don't remember all these questions. So these are hitting me like new. Um, you know, Thomas S asked time. this question too. Thomas S I, asked I remember the same that. question. Yeah. I think. I sent an email with this. Yeah, at, I think I sent an email with this at one point. Um, this would be, I mean, we'll, we'll fill in each other's blanks on this one, but the way I kind of see it is like still make films role in society and how it affects us is like, it's one of the most consumed art forms. So it's going to have an impact just in the fact that most people act just in the fact that most people are going to be ex exposed to it in one way or another. So, um, but again, it's like all our forms is be different one, but I just think that it, it just does have an impact for one reason or another. You said it better than I could. So let's just move on to the next question. Next question. Beautiful. <laughs> Perfect. You're welcome. I can agree. Yeah. I, but I don't know what the effect is. It just, it just, yes. is. It just, it just is. Yes. You know, I'll, <laughs> I'll add that. I don't know what the effect is, but 
it, there's clearly an influence and effect on society. I just don't know what it is. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a person. So let's, yeah, I'm not the person. The words right out of my mouth. Yep. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Do either of you get any inspiration from books, other films, real life, etc.? It's a good question. All of it. All of it. I, I would say I'm, I feel more inspired by real life and books than I do other films, generally. Yeah, I'll, from movies, I'll usually steal ideas in terms of, like, technical stuff. Like, oh, I want to shoot a scene that way. I want to light it that way. I mean, I think there are movie, tr- like, plot points, I think, that just are common to replicate. That may, that may be in other movies, but, like, I've made plenty of things that, like, People have asked, like, oh, did you get the idea from this movie? And it's like, I've never seen that movie in my life. But, yeah, so I, I would agree overall. Like, life and, and books, um, I think, come from the more, the, the heart place of the story or the movie. Um, but mm-hmm. from other movies, it's usually more technical. Yeah, yeah. But that's not always the case. If, if I'm influenced by another movie, it's usually on, the, like, the form, like, the medium itself. Yeah. It's like, it did this yeah. thing. I want to do something like that. Um, yeah. But, Yeah. Yeah, but also music. Music's a big one. I think I I, yeah. I get a lot of ideas from music. Yeah, I ditto. That's something where I, uh, whenever I listen to music, I'll like think of a movie scene in my head that'll go along with it, or mm-hmm. where it fit, or what kind of movie it would be in. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Music is another huge one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. You want to read the next question? Yeah. So, what are your views on films with strictly following screenplays versus entirely improvising and the mixing of the two? <laughs> Uh, a good movie is a good movie, no matter how it's made. Unless yeah, it, that, a movie is more than unless it unless that involves like hurting people. <laughs> uh, but if it's improvised versus screenplay, it's whatever works. I mean, Matt Johnson and um, mm-hmm. and uh, Dan and Joel they do some great jobs at like improvising feature films. And then there's other filmmakers out there uh, who are pretty strict with their screenplays, and it's and that's equally as as good it's just as good so for yeah. i think for us i am definitely more of a script person but with some for something like wild boys like there's no way we could script any of that stuff so no it's got to have memorized. ideas going in but mm-hmm. yeah so, so much of it's day of yeah i i agree so yeah want to yeah. read the next one yeah uh how great a role does music play in your films oh yeah oh. we were just touching on that there we are we, we circled back yeah um uh huge music uh sometimes it's almost a crutch how much i i feel like i like to use it so like in bell rings i've been learning to dial back on the use of music um but music is just awesome i mean you have a great experience and i think a position to talk about as someone who composes a lot of music for us i mean most of our movies as of the last couple years have been entirely scored by you uh music i like music a lot i i wanted to be a musician when i was in middle school um so I feel like I'm a great like collector of hobbies and passions, but I'm not great at any single thing. <laughs> music is one of those is like, that's another one of my things I, I care about deeply. And uh, how great a role. I mean, it's huge. It's, it's, I can't state it enough how big music plays a part. And because I get, I make all the music in my movies as of now, um, I'm scoring stuff for the Ladanza before I've even shot in it. I have sections of that movie where the score is complete, uh, even though the movie hasn't even, we've only been shooting for like three, four days or whatever. So it's a, plays a huge influence in the creation, the inspiration and the, and the editing, all of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Really, really big. 
All right. Do you have any criticisms and or hopes for the film industry? My criticism is that we're not in it. And my hope is that we will be in it. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Say um, no more. I mean, Say no more. I mean, criticisms, I mean, like any industry, you know, there's problems of misogyny and racism and sexism and lack of equal pay and opportunities and abusing its workers and people in general. All of that stuff. But I'm, I'm not sure if that's particularly unique to the film industry. Um, all industry. Powered breeds inequality. Yeah. And right now there's definitely a... Um, the, the the scales are tipped towards big blockbusters and and big IPs, established IPs. There's not enough room for smaller movies, but it's exciting because you know something like um, gee, I'm, I'm trying to think of a streaming movie. Kimmy just came out or whatever that the Steven Soderbergh mm-hmm. or whatever. Like yeah. that was a that's a great like case for streaming movies and three um, all, all industry powered breeds inequality. Yeah. And right now, there's definitely a um, the, the the scales are tipped towards big blockbusters and big blockbusters and and big IPs, established established IPs. There's not enough room for smaller movies, but it's exciting because you know something like um, gee, I'm, I'm trying to think of a streaming movie. Kimmy just came out or whatever that the Steven Soderbergh or whatever. Like yeah. that was a that's a great like case for streaming movies and those lower movies still exist but and there's an avenue for people to see them but i don't know that's a whole nother conversation i don't know like i guess i guess what i'm saying is it seems it's there's seemingly a lack of um variety of movies being put out but i still like Mm -hmm. all different varieties so i don't know and i'm i search out things pretty frequently so i don't think it's a as big a deal to me as it is for other people but my main criticism would be like the abuse that goes on and and mistreating people or, or that kind of stuff. Um, Hopes would be that it changes and Mm -hmm. more of those opportunities would come up for people to get into it and it become a more less damaging industry for folks sacrificing their mental Mm -hmm. and physical health and all that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And that we get in. (laughs) And that Hollywood (laughs) is doomed. Finally. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Was there, a partic- well was there a particular event or time that you two recognize that filmmaking is your way of telling stories? Ooh, that's a good question. Ethan, you probably, when we, uh, you, you kind of talked about it a little bit already just now. I, I guess the time, though, where it changed for me from, you know, just messing around with friends, filming on like my iPod in high school, the change came when we started working together, mm-hmm. honestly. So it would have been between, between Rendezvous Midnight and Beat My Heart Skipped, somewhere mm-hmm. in there. Because I can't tell you what rational part of my brain made me go from I'm not going to be an actor, which is what I wanted to be at first. And then for years, wanting to be a marine biologist because that was a think of getting steady income. And going from that, acting in two projects with you, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden going full, I'm going to make movies. <laughs> yeah, There's no rational explanation. But in between Ronnie Boo Midnight and Be My Heart Skip, I bought a camera. Mm-hmm. Or my dad bought a camera for me, which is even crazier. I don't know what I did to convince him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like somewhere in there, it, it it clicked. So yeah. But then I never looked back. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's I think that I just like the filmmaking medium the most out of all the art forms. Probably, mm-hmm. I I feel like it's um, it's really really special that medium. And I don't even know. Like I mean, I've always loved stories. Like I wanted to be an author when I was really really little. Before I wanted to be a filmmaker. 
and I just will film. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's, 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 that's a couple, a little more complicated one for me, I think. Cause I, I'm kind of come to this point where I'm like the best films have no story and they're all experienced and they're very <laughs> pretentious art student, but I still love films that are driven by narrative and narrative films. And, but, but I, I, I just love the film medium because you get to combine everything. You get to combine photography, sound design and sound mixing, acting, costumes, sculptures, CGI, painting, writing, music, editing, all of that. You get to combine all of those different art mediums into one thing. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, what are you on collaboration and filmmaking? I hate it. It's the worst. There's this guy, Ethan. I never want to collaborate. Ethan Hansen, <laughs> worst collaborator ever. <laughs> Obviously, uh, film is, a, I mean, it, it's not exclusively especially in our current day of filmmaking you can make a movie on your own but i think the greatest moments we look back on are the moments where we got to film with our friends like so collaboration is like the heartbeat for filmmaking for us i think i don't think we would love it as much as we do if it wasn't for all the great people we've gotten to film with along the way um mm -hmm. some of those people we filmed with now for 10 plus years others are new and and that's just a beautiful thing so yeah. the collaboration is what makes it work for us yeah, no film can be made alone. I mean, you can make a movie alone. Yeah, that's I, not technically like... you can, but yeah, why? I think it's the best when you get to collaborate with people and bring yeah, all those different you're... skills together. Well, that's what you're like. What you're just talking about with all the different multifacetedness of filmmaking is like you don't have to be amazing at all the the music, the sound, the technical, the props, the everything. Like the the best part is you bringing in people who are very skilled at one of those things, and you get to come together and build one thing together. So, yeah takes the yeah. pressure off a little bit too. It makes it just a more fun experience. Yeah. Uh, and the final question from Jennifer is, what would you like to say to your fans? Oh. Hello there. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for even yeah. considering yourselves our fans. That's wild to us. Yeah. Yeah. Why haven't you all bought more merch? No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, <laughs> yeah, where are uh, you guys? Come on. The, the best part is you you bringing in people who are very skilled at one of those things and you get to come together and build one thing together. So yeah, it takes the yeah. pressure off a little bit too. It makes it just a more fun experience. Yeah. Uh, and the final question from Jennifer is what would you like to say to your fans? Oh, hello there. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for even yeah. considering yourselves our fans. That's wild to us. Yeah. Yeah. Why haven't you all bought more merch? No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, yeah, where are uh, you guys? Come on. I, I just, I would just express my gratitude and, and just thanks for all the support we've gotten. Cause it's pretty wild and cool that we're able to put out a movie and, and thousands of people are able to see it. That's pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. Never, never did we think that would be the case. So yeah. it's a cool thing to experience. Yeah. So our final question that was submitted was from Dan. Dan, Dan the man. Is this a promotion for Video Carnage Tusement? Sunglasses. Mike face. Because <laughs> it feels like it. I might be wrong, though. Um, this one is pretty easy answer. Well, brief answer. This is not a promotion for Video Carnage 2. Sorry. No. But I will... If Maybe not everybody is aware. Talk about it with the RC boys a little bit. But um, one of the... When we did our Oscar movie... Uh, what was it called? Uh, Crescendo. Music one? Crescendo. 
You haven't seen, haven't seen it yet. Seen. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> I also haven't seen our, our documentary we made. Um, what was that see one soon, called? Which was filmed, see you soon, which was filmed during Video Carnage. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, I haven't seen any of those. When we, before we did Crescendo, uh, I had I had a plan to make Video Carnage 2. We were going to shoot it all in, in one night. It was going to be shot real time, uh, found footage style. It was going to be, it, it's a really great idea. Uh, and then about a week before we were going to shoot, I checked back in with May and that happened to be May's um, partner's birthday. And so May was like, yeah, I can't skip out on that. And I was like, yeah, if you skipped out on that, you'd be in uh, big trouble. So, yeah. So um, <clears throat> that's been, <clears throat> but the way Video Carnage Two ends. And I should say Video College Carnage Volume Two. That's the official title for the unofficial movie. Or may not happen. Uh, if you do Video Carnage Two, you kind of need to do Video Carnage Three, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, and I would hate to make Video Carnage Two and then have a huge kind of gap between when those movies get made, or maybe Video Carnage Volume Three never happens. So the plan as of now is to develop the script for Video Carnage Volume Three. And when we gear up to shoot those movies, you know, we'll take, you know, however many days we're, we end up shooting for Video Carnage 3. We're just going to take the first day and shoot Video Carnage Volume 2 in, in one day. That's the movie right there. And then shoot Video Carnage Volume 3 right afterwards, back to back. Um, so they can both be made because, you know, again, I would hate to release the second one and not be able to do the third one. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the plan as of um, no date. I gotta take no. I, I, yeah, I gotta take care of something really quick. Ethan, do you mind stalling for a moment as I mute I myself? I can do that. Gosh, okay. I've already had to do this once, and it did not go great. But yes. Ah, hello, everyone. Caleb, I see you joined us. Don't fret. We will be posting. We've been recording this, so this will be next week's podcast for for all of you guys to listen to in full. So don't. Oh, and he left. Great. Thanks, Caleb. Don't worry about it. It's fine fine i'm not hurt at all by that thank you dan for the heart it's really weird having to do a twitter space where you're the only one talking i'm not yeah it is on the fly so okay you can oh that's right you can actually hear me for this um you didn't hear me rambling earlier jordan so no i, I did hear you I could oh you hear did you. i could hear you all of my it. awkward painful ramblings uh, yeah i'm not well, I, well... what oh he, he cut himself off that's fine Ah, this is not Sorry, my, my, my mic. My mic, my mic cut off. I don't know why. Video carnage, mic. Oh, geez. Okay, let's get some other people in here. Um, yeah, maybe let's do we thing. Should, should we, should we do one at a time? You think? That's Otherwise probably the cleanest kind of way to do it. Yeah, let's do one at a time. Doing productions okay. is an organized establishment. We don't none of that craziness. <laughs> okay, so if you'd like to be on, just hit request. request. Yeah, we'll let you in. And we'll let you in one at a time because we get, yeah, we're nice here, I guess. <laughs> we're professionals. Yeah. My mic keeps turning itself. Oh, geez. Okay. Let's get some other people in here. Um, yeah, maybe let's do we thing. Sh- should we, Should we do one at a time, you think? That's Otherwise probably the kind cleanest of way to do it. Yeah, let's do one at a time. Doing productions okay. is an organized establishment. We don't. None of that establishment. We don't, none of that craziness. Okay. So if you'd like to be on, just hit request. request. Yeah, we'll let you in. And we'll let you in one at a time because we get, yeah, we're nice here, I guess. <laughs> we're professionals. 
Yeah. My mic keeps turning itself off. I don't know why it's doing that, but anyways. Um, yeah. See, Dan, Dan has requested. Let's get Dan in here. Um, yeah. Daniel. Here we go. Here we go. It's connecting. Oh, snap. It's getting there. Dan. He's Dan, coming in. Dan. 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 I can't keep doing this forever. Dan. 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 <laughs> I give up. There was an error adding Dan. Is that what? Hold on. Let's try this again. If my chanting interrupted it, I'm sorry. That might have been on me. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Well, here we are. Well, well, well. Says there's an error. I don't huh. know what's happening. Here we were saying we were the most organized and professional. I know it's really How uh, we were. It's, it's embarrassing. Okay. How far the mighty have fallen. And why does my so, mic stop, keep turning off? This is ridiculous. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We made it this far, and now we're choking. We made it through most of them. this. We might have to do... I wonder if we if start a new space, if that would fix this. Let's see. Oh, we have to do... Th hey, three parts, just like potentially the Video Carnage yeah. uh, trilogy. Yeah. Wow. Oh, there he is. It's wild. Oh, oh. If this, was nine, if this hey. was 922 Films, we would be, uh, there'd be like 85 people speaking at one point. It'd be like Charlie, me, and Matt all like synchronizing, saying a bunch of crazy shit. So this is definitely a little bit more organized. We're trying to limit the chaos. Let the chaos flow. Yeah. This ain't no 922 Films twi or Twitter space. Yeah. Come on. There was one, there was a, there was a Folks on Making Fridays that happened earlier. And it was just, it was just like, not so energy. I was bummed I missed it. Um, yeah. It was Anyways, fun. Dan, do you have a question um, or a comment? Yeah, announce video crunch to you fools. <laughs> do it. We just Fucking did. do it. We just I, I did, primed kind you of. guys. I, I was like so ready. Um, do you think maybe a better question will be: Will Video Carnage Two tentatively? be shot before the end of 2023? Like, do you think in the next two years, you think you'll do it? Ooh, that's, see, that's a, that's a better question, I think. Um, it probably won't be shot this year, that's for sure. Got it. But... I, I don't see that likely, but... But, well, but at the same time, because obviously these would be ones that I'd be spearheading, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I, in a weird way, even though I'm shooting LaDonza, I do have more time. I could see myself doing another film within this period um i don't know i i, I think if it was going to happen it would happen within the next i don't know two years or so any longer yeah. than that would might be a little i don't know well that's what I'm, my thought process is like you gotta like strike while the iron's hot if you like wait like three years no one's gonna care you know what i mean like as much as yeah. they just did it now like even chlorine mm -hmm. like two and three is pushing it the only reason why is that chlorine's got like a decent amount of views that i think people are still hyped for it but like if i push it another year i think people would be like uh no i'm not interested part yeah. of part of my hesitation too is is it's um not even hesitation but there's so many other films i want to do 
and I've already made Video Carnage. Um, so it's kind of like I want to do something new and different. So yeah, it's kind of it's it's, but this, at the same time, the idea is so good because prior to this year, honestly, I it was well, look, I think you... it was looking like it probably would not happen. In fact, I said the only way Video Carnage Two would get made is if someone else directed it, which I meant for a long time. But now after getting this new idea, I was like, oh my gosh, I, I is it's um, not even hesitation, but there's so many other films I want to do. And I've already made Video Carnage. Um, so it's kind of like I want to do something new and different. So, yeah, it's kind of it's it's but this, at the same time, the idea is so good because prior to this year, honestly, I it was well, look, I think you... it was looking like it probably would not happen. In fact, I said looking like it probably would not happen. In fact, I said the only way, only way Video Carnage 2 would get made is if someone else directed it, which I meant for a long time. But now after getting this new idea, I was like, oh, my gosh, I. I gotta do this one, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think that when it comes to creating at least a sequel, because uh, I've done a couple sequels this year, um, I think that you can do something new within the framework of something that you've already done if you remix what you've already done. Yeah. So I think like there's a way to still create a new film that feels like you're in a totally different territory mm. without it, you know, with with it still being a sequel. Well, that's that's what, and that's part of what hooked us on. That was the whole hook of Video Carnage Two, was initially the idea was like we thought about what if we did a, a like a mystery a found footage movie, yeah. a found footage horror murder film, and then we we're then I was like, wait a minute, what if that was a Video Carnage sequel? What if the Video Carnage sequel was a found footage movie? <laughs> and then that was the idea that was like, oh my gosh, now that we put it out there, we can't like not do it. So we'll see. So, because you said it was, like, something you could shoot in one day, and you said that Video Carnage 3 is, like, is that something you'd want to spend a really long time on in the, the third film, or would you want to shoot that in a very short amount of time as well? I'd have to, I'd probably want to shoot it in a month at the most. Yeah, a month at the most. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I see you guys this year. <laughs> that would be, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. It'd be uh, neat. I, I don't I know. Think Only uh, 92 films uh, endorses this. That's, uh, all I'm here is just to be the PR hype man, guys. I'm actually just on the, the Doom Productions payroll. That's exactly we'll, we'll, what payroll. We'll Venmo you <laughs> soon. You're Venmoing me uh, uh, any of the, the t shirt funds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, yeah. Right on. Anything else you want to you wanna add, Danny Boy? I'm trying to think of any other questions um, for Video Carnage. Um, I mean, we did a whole deep dive interview way back when it was first released, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we, did. we did do that. Um, I guess, overall, where would Video Carnage rank amongst your films? Ooh. Like, for you personally. Ooh, that's a good question. Like, if you were, like, uh, out of all your films, like, wh- wh- where would you put it? I think that might just, be just below O Brother. <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty brutal. That's pretty brutal. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Jordan's on suicide watch. I know. <laughs> I, think, I think for me, I don't know. I still, I feel like October's my best one. Maybe Video Carnage is number two. I'm talking strictly feature films, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. Uh, you know, 
what I would say, I can't think of ranking, but what I do, what I can say, whenever I talk to people who don't know what I do or like what we do is Doom Productions and they're like asking about what movie they should start off watching, usually Video Carnage is one of my first recommendations to them. So, okay. but I, for me personally, I think it's one of my favorites. Is it like the most technically perfect movie? I'm not, I don't know, um, or I guess how it ranks, but it's, it's up there for me um, as like probably within my top three. I don't know where in that top three exactly, but it's a top three. So I actually have a, I actually have a, a, a sort of a subtle question. I, I was thinking about when you guys were talking earlier, I have like a small bone to pick with the doom production boys that I want, I want answered here. You guys <laughs> say don't do any marketing before, but then Ethan drops fucking coming soon trailers for, uh, and, and teases the shit out of, uh, the bell rings. What the fuck? What gives? Well, well that's, well, that's for our fans who have been following yeah, us. That's not for yeah, the I'm, I'm, I'm going to call, I'm going to call slight. I'm just, uh, but it's just slight bullshit. I'm not saying, I think it's funny because I, I think overall, I do think that it's valuable. I'm just going to put the, the other voice in the room and just say that I think it is valuable to promote earlier for a certain crowd of people. So I think I think you guys kind of went over that, which is like well, that, our certain crowd of people is our fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think that I think even before though, you'd be surprised how many people you can get that are just randos that will like jump in. But I don't know. I was just curious. I wanted yeah, you guys yeah. to cl- clarify just because you you specifically said something about coming soon, and I'm like, didn't Ethan do a coming soon one on? I, well, that's also what some, I'll say. Yeah. Well, I was I just, just real quick, quick, by the way. So I might not have heard all of that. <laughs> well, that's something that is also. We're also still experimenting with, and yeah. we don't. We we also said don't. We're not saying don't to put out trailers before because obviously we've done that, and it's yeah. something we're playing around with. But I think getting I I'd rather have more eyes on my movie than eyes on a great TV spot or trailer or whatever we put out. Yeah, I think I think everyone here agrees on that. Um, for me, I did the opposite for a ramen sucker punch, and we'll see how it bears out when it actually when the film comes out. But like I've done more promotion like six months out um and i'm interested to see i don't know also caleb seems to be here he might be able to pick up the conversation yeah but um, at the end of the day like for us it, we're still in the experiment experimenting phase um so each yeah. movie we release we we try something new like wild boys had a very different release than video carnage and bell rings will have a very different release than either of those and it all comes down to we're trying new things to see what sticks best right now we feel like video was the most successful launch we've done um, it blew our, our goal out of the water. Like we thought our goal was like a thousand views in like two weeks. Right. Jordan, something like that. Um, it was a thousand. No, it was a thousand views in five days. Well, I, I what was our goal though? Was that our goal or is that what happened? Our, our goal was a thousand views in a month and we yeah. reached that in five days. So that's what I mean, yeah, I guess another, I'm sorry if I'm asking too many questions. If I am just, just no, don't show up, just up. Um, but basically, so clearly your most successful film is the, is the first wild boys. So yes. mm-hmm. Do you think that the success of the first Wild Boys is specifically to do with like Sasquatch content being popular, or do you think there was something you guys did per, like about promoting that film that did really well? I we hardly promoted. Yeah. We hardly promoted Wild Boys one, and it did the numbers it did. So it's got to be Sasquatch. Yeah, yeah. I was just curious because I you were saying that video cards because I was like, it did really well. So I think it's second most popular film. Yeah, second most. Yeah. And I, and I do remember it doing really well. So and you guys did promote a lot of it on the back end. Yeah. So that that is cool. But you, yeah. Those are all my questions. I, I was just curious. Awesome. I'll let, I'll, let the, I'll let other people take the floor now. Sounds well, thank good. Thank you, Dan.
Thank you for coming on in. Okay, peace. Deuces. All right. Let's get who else wants to speak? Yeah, if Josh, you want Caleb, speak, send a request. Yeah. Yeah. We lost Jennifer. I was hoping to speak to Jennifer. I know. Oh, she pops back in. And, and Ethan Stevens. Yeah. Uh, this was good. I mean, the con's been great. Do yeah. we have someone else? Yeah, I've got Josh. Perfect. Josh in here. Looks like hopefully this works. Yeah, he'll just bug out. Yeah, there he is. It's working. What's up, Josh? What's up? You guys, uh, you guys, let, you you guys let us down. Thought this was gonna be a video carnage too. Dan got us all excited in there. You've been hanging out with that Dan guy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, right. yeah, I, I got yeah, a question. question. Yeah, I got a question. Um, so you guys have been sitting on this for uh for a year now. Have have your uh have your changed on the movie? How do you feel after a year out from Video Carnage? Ooh, Jordan, I want to hear you talk on this. Well, I haven't. I feel like I would have a better idea if I'd seen the movie because, again, I haven't seen it since probably like no June of twenty twenty one. Yeah. So I haven't seen it in almost a year. But my last memory of it is of uh, of watching it with the commentary. And when I watched it with for recording the commentary, I remember thinking, "Oh, the VHS kind of thing." makes me feel a lot better about the mistakes in the movie. Um, the things that I didn't like. So I guess, I don't know a year out. I, I mean, it's really hard for me to say, cause I haven't seen the movie, but uh, next time I watch it, I'll be sure to share my thoughts. I suppose, Ethan, what do, what do you think? Have what you, you haven't seen it in a long time too. So I haven't watched through it. I have clipped through. I, I've watched a couple scenes here and there. Um, Sometimes I just like to go back onto our channel and watch old stuff. I usually don't have the time to watch a whole feature. So I'll, I'll click through some of my scenes. I remember if something catches my eye. Um, I watched about a quarter of the commentary uh, this afternoon while I was at work. I just had it playing in the background while I was um, working. Um, so that was pretty neat. Um, and then throughout the year, I'll listen to the soundtrack um, just because that's a, it's a vibe. But in terms of how I feel about it now, again, uh, the direct how it always goes for us. And I assume this is similar for a lot of filmmakers is the director is the one who is the biggest critic of the movie. So your view of video carnage is a lot harsher than mine probably is. Um, just like my opinions of the bell rings is going to be harsher than anyone else's. Um, Cause you're the one who's, you know, the charge. So any, any mistakes is on you as the director. Um, that's how we always feel about it. So um, all that day, again, I really love video carnage. I look back on it fondly and i i'm i'm proud of it so and i've never felt not proud of it even through all the like the technical mistakes i know are there um in terms of a, cin a cinematographer i guess I'll, I'll i'll wrap up this long-winded thought with as cinematographer it's one of my favorite things i've made in terms of how the movie turned out look wise um i think video carnage looks way better than it has any right to be considering how i think there were some days i definitely could have done better um I'm still very proud of it. And I, it's like between video carnage, um, doom on the doorstep and bell rings. I think those are some of my favorite looking movies that we've ever done. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I always think it's interesting to like look back at your work after you sat on it for a while. And I think you, I don't know, tend to look at it differently, but yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, there, I have one other. Um, just like my opinions of the bell rings is going to be harsher than anyone else's. Um, because you're the one who's, you know, the charge. So any any mistakes is on you as the director. Um, that's how we always feel about it. So, um, all that day, again, I really love Video Carnage. I look back on it fondly, and I I'm I'm proud of it. So, and I've never felt not proud of it, even through all the like the technical mistakes I know are there. Um, in terms of a, cin- a cinematographer, I guess I'll, I'll I'll wrap up this long-winded thought with as cinematographer it's one of my favorite things I've made in terms of how the movie turned out look wise. Um, I think video carnage looks way better than it has any right to be considering how I think there were some days I definitely could have done better. Um, I'm still very proud of it. And I, it's like between video carnage, um, doom on the doorstep and bell rings. I think those are my favorite looking movies that we've ever done. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I always think it's interesting to like look back at your work after you sat on it for a while, and I think you, I don't know, tend to look at it differently. But yeah, um, yeah, I, there, I have one other thing because I, I brought this up before when when we didn't have you guys around, and I've always wondered um, your, your logo. I don't know if you guys, I, I don't know if I've ever uh, wit or had you, if you guys have ever talked about it. But what's the concept mm. behind the doomed logo? Because I just is it a Cthulhu thing? Because that's kind of like cool to me. It is. <laughs> kind of a mix. Yes. Yes. Well, I'll say yes. Yeah. I mean, it, it is a Cthulhu thing, first and foremost. Nice. Because we, it was inspired by our film Doom on the Doorstep, and that I'm a huge fan of H.P. Lovecraft. And our, our name came out of that. And that's yeah. where, and that movie was my attempt at like a Lovecraft kind of thing going on. So, uh, and our logo and our kind of new vision for what we wanted to be came from Doom on the Doorstep. So, yeah, I'll just say in short, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I always, I always wondered. I wasn't, I wasn't sure if it was, but that's that's super cool. I'm also a big yeah. Lovecraft fan. Yeah, it's good. It's good, good stuff. Yeah, good stories. Good, uh, terrifying fiction. I love it. Yes. Oh yeah. Radical. I have, I have another question. <laughs> okay. Shoot, yeah. Um, so the audio, the dubbing is probably the most controversial part of that film. Um, just based on its reception, I think from people, some people loved it, some people didn't. Um, do you like regret dubbing it, or do you regret not spending much time on dubbing it, or do you feel like as time has gone on, you feel more good with how you dubbed it? I, I was just curious on the the dubbing process and how you felt about it now having more time away from the film. I don't regret dubbing it because going about the way I did, I learned how to dub better. Pretty much. What I regret is not having a backup plan, which I think was the main yeah. thing that screwed me. If I had, if I had dubbed it with a backup plan, um, how you felt about it now having more time away, away from the film. I don't regret dubbing it because going about the way I did I learned how to dub better pretty much. what I regret is not having a backup plan which I think was the main yeah. thing that screwed me if I had if I had dubbed it with a backup plan um, that would have been a whole lot better than just being like I'm gonna dub it no matter what um, with no with no like other option like I really forced myself into a corner and that's what I I think I regret and when you oh. say that, when you you say you say backup plan, 
I think what you're meaning is like better scratch audio. Better scratch <laughs> audio, yeah. Got it. Sorry, my wife is like half asleep here. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> <I> Liz. <laughs> we're almost. We're we're taking a nap at the hotel, and then we're we're doing the rest of the Myrtle Beach trip back home tomorrow. <laughs> nice. Oh, right on. So I'm probably going to peace out. I just wanted to ask those questions. Good good job, guys. Great movie. It's one of my favorite series. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate you stopping Thank by. Thank you. Glad you'd be on. Okay. Peace out, guys. Yeah. Later, man. All right. Caleb, did you want right to speak? Did you have any questions or want to hop in on this at all? Let Just say hi. Just to say hi. If you don't respond, I'm going to assume you're at work and you're like listening to this at the Dairy Queen drive-thru or something. Do you want to maybe have one of the people in the drive-thru come on and ask a question? They might they might be interested. Or maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not. We should have a, a Doom Productions Blizzard made. Do you think we have like a brand deal, Queen? Ever? It's got black food dye in it, obviously. Yeah. It stains your teeth. And like some green. Yeah. And like some green in the bottom or something. I don't know. It's like a swirl. Little like gummy worms in it or gummy tentacles. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this sounds delicious, actually. <laughs> And then they could, it actually makes you set teeth, like some green, yeah, yeah, and like some green in the bottom or something. I don't know. It's like a swirl, little like gummy worms in it or gummy tentacles. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this sounds delicious, actually. <laughs> and then they could, it actually it makes you sick. It actually makes you <laughs> sick. So you truly, it actually makes you sick. So you truly are doomed. Yeah, you, you throw up the black, black the, the quintessential Doom Productions black vomit. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And then RC Film should get, like, a not-so one. I think that'd be kind of fun to have, like, a Spider-Man-themed one, but it's not-so. Well, no, it's just that terrible Spider-Man popsicle that's, like, misshapen. You know, the one from the ice cream truck? <laughs> I yeah. think that fits the aesthetic of not-so so well. Like, that that sums up Sam so well. Like, that, that popsicle. Oh, yeah. Oh, I like that. That's good. That's real good. Yeah, Kale's probably at work, though. Yeah. I'm assuming. Well, Caleb. Which is totally fine. Caleb, thank you. Thank you for being here. That's great. We appreciate you. I think we'll probably wrap up pretty soon here in a couple, no, a couple minutes. Josh, do you want to, I don't know, any other questions or any other things you want to share or talk about? You, you have the floor. Yeah. I have the floor. <laughs> oh, I mean, like, I don't know. Um, I guess I, I just wanted to say I'm really excited for the, the Danza project. Like, I think that's going to be super interesting. Can't wait to yeah. see that. So, yeah. do you guys plan on uh, doing more superhero stuff? Anything inspired by DC at all? Because that's kind of taken from X Men, right? Yeah. Um, it's well, super with superheroes. Yeah, I think so, and and not necessarily um, adapting properties or like heavily inspiration, but just the idea of like superheroes or like powers. I think that's such an interesting concept to do and it's so in the pop culture and people want to see it and they're interested in it it'd be fun to do a, a version of that that would never get made by a big studio that's something that's interesting exactly yeah 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 that's why i'm ryan that and like the uh the, the idea of a no but i mean that's what you know rc did and you know just to see that's it's it's cool it's i think it's something in a way it's yeah it's it's part of pop culture it's Kevin Smith, you know that's that was his thing, uh, and I think I don't know. There's just something. There's something about it that it's like very close to the heart of the 
the, you know the the majority of people and they can get they can get with it yeah yeah it's it's a fun place to play around with that world and uh yeah it's uh so yes there will be more hero stuff i think there's there's a couple ideas i have with where it involves people with powers but um ladon's is like the main focus as of as of now in terms of superhero stuff mm-hmm. sweet yeah yeah i mean i i, I uh yeah congratulations on the anniversary guys like that's awesome it's a nice podcast getting to hear about it and all that so yeah thank you yeah thank you for stopping cool by. having an interactive element. like <laughs> this has been really neat yeah there was the, the, the technical difficulties of course came with twitter spaces but that yeah, was yeah. uh you could almost see that coming <laughs> it's worth putting up with this has been fun actually we might do this again nice. yeah yeah all right i'll probably hop off here then all right that sounds good all right man well thank all you right. for popping in we'll, we'll probably wrap up here but thank you all right keep watching the later <laughs> Well, that was fun. Well, yeah, this was great. This went pretty well, all things considered. Yeah. I don't know how we're going to be able to get this. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll probably hop off here. Let hop off here, then. All right. That sounds good. All right, man. Well, thank uh, you for popping in. We'll, we'll probably wrap up here, but thank you. All right. Keep watching. Keep watching. Later. Later. <laughs> well, that was fun. Well. Yeah, this was great. This went pretty well, all things considered. Yeah. I don't know how we're going to be able to get this audio down from the... From, so from, so if you're listening to this on Spotify, we figured it out. If you're listening to this on Twitter, we did not figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be a way. There's got to be a way. We'll figure it out. Anyways, yeah. just in case this is at the end of a podcast. Thank you for listening, everyone. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast live for the first time. If you like this episode, uh, make sure to support our channel. Give us a like, a, a share, a follow, whatever. Um, it only takes a couple seconds out of your day, but it means a whole lot to us. Uh, thank yeah. you for listening, and we will uh, see you next time.